morning, if you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 20. You might know that I uh, have a habit of reading a proverb every day. I've done that for years. This year, 2019, my entire uh, devotional time has been spent in Proverbs. found a really great devotional by um, kind of a mentor of mine who pastors in New York. Never met him, but never even seen him other than on television. But he had written a book on the Proverbs. And man, how rich, how practical are the writings of Proverbs. And in the 30th chapter, there's four animals that are mentioned. And I have probably read over these animals dozens of times and never really stopped to wonder what we could learn from them. Verse 25 talks about the ants. says you can learn from an ant because, you know, they're wise. They spend all summer preparing for the winter and preparing their, their, their hearts. And then in verse number uh, 26, it says the hyrax is wise because he stays close to community. We all need community. We need the body of Christ. We need one another. And we also need to stay close to Jesus, particularly in difficult times. We need to allow him to kind of hide our soul, as the scripture says, in the cleft of the rock. And then it talks about the locust. They have no king, but they march in formation. They're wise because they know how to work in cooperation with others. They march in formation. They understand without being pushed or prodded by a leader. They just have that instinctive ability to work together. And then the fourth here in verse number 28 is the lizard. And I want us to concentrate on the lizard today. I thought it might be fun at some point to actually do a series about all four of these animals, and maybe I'll do that at some point. But today this lizard guy kind of caught my my eye, because it says lizards are easy to catch, but they're also found in the palaces of the king. Now, if you happen to have a King James Version today, you might be scratching your head just a little bit, because your version doesn't say lizard, it says spider. Don't let that, you know, mess you up. Uh, the reason is very simple. You got to remember that King James wanted a version for his church. At that time, the Church of England was pulling away from the Roman Catholic Church. And King James wanted his own version of the Bible for his church. And he also wanted it in their native language, in English. So we know in uh, early 17th century, they uh, produced the King James Version, which is a wonderful version. And if that's the one you enjoy reading, continue to read it. Uh, but at that time, they didn't always know the meaning of certain Hebrew words, particularly the nuances, things like animals that were not found in Europe. They were found in the Middle East only. One example would be the hyrax, which is indigenous to the Middle East and the Eastern African regions of our world. Now, a European translator had no idea what the Hebrew word would be. They had never heard of a hyrax. So as you see in your scripture, they might have used the word coney or maybe even rabbit. Now we know that Solomon was talking not about a coney or a rabbit. He was talking about a hyrax. And the same thing in today's verse. King James translators did the best they could 
and they use the word spider, but the Hebrew writers are really talking about a lizard, and more specifically, a gecko lizard. So I want us to look at the gecko lizard today, some of the unique qualities that this guy has, and also some of the spiritual lessons. So let's take a look. Here he is. Man, what a cute little lizard, huh? Some things we can learn from a lizard. Did you know they do not blink? They can't blink. So they have to lick their eyes to keep their eyes moist. For real. Don't try it. Your tongue's not long enough. It won't work. Nope. Something else about a lizard is they're very talkative. They're very communicative. They speak to one another in these high chirping noises. Most unique about the gecko lizard, and if you've ever been to Hawaii or uh, some country that has geckos, you'll know that they have this special adaptation that allow them to cling to surfaces. It's pretty cool to watch them walk up a wall and then walk on the ceiling. Remember one time being in a shower and looking up and seeing a gecko on the ceiling, not knowing if he could stay up there or if he was going to fall down upon me. But it's just the way that God has made him. Another thing about gecko lizards is they shed their skin, which, you know, snakes do that too. But the weird thing, kind of the gross thing about gecko lizards is they eat their skin after they, they shed them. They've got about 100 teeth. So if that guy was smiling, you know, he would have quite a smile. And, of course, last but not least, they claim, though it hasn't been proven, that they can save you money on your car insurance. Um, but that's, that's a whole different thing. No, really, a whole, whole different thing. What we want to look at today, really, we want to look at today is the spiritual dynamics of the lizard, okay? What is it? about the gecko lizard that makes them so wise that the Holy Spirit of God would use them as an illustration in this wonderful book of Proverbs which teaches us how to live biblically-based, godly, Jesus-centered lives in the real world. He says they can be caught with a hand, yet they're found in king's palaces. And that's what makes the lizard so wise. Because as far as the lizard's concerned, his attitude is, hey, this is my place too. Wherever the lizard finds himself, he's at home. We know a king's palace belongs to a king. But the lizard is not afraid to go there. There's no place he's not willing to explore. And I'm thinking, man, as God's children, we need to be adventurous. We need to get out of our comfort zone and explore some of the areas that God is calling us to as individuals and corporately as a church. You know, in a sense, the lizard has no permanent place. His home is wherever he is. And that is theologically sound. Some of the old-timers remember the song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. That's based out of the Bible that says, if you have accepted Christ, you're a citizen of heaven in fact, Peter addresses his first epistle, chapter 1, verse 1, by saying to God's elect who are strangers in the world. Because we're just passing through 60, 70, 80, 90 years, but this world's not our home. And that kind of describes who we are. We're kind of like that lizard. We're called to be strangers in this world of ours where 
in the world, but we don't want to be of the world. We're actually called a scatter because salt in a salt shaker doesn't do anyone any good. You got to take the salt out and you got to spread it around. Now, the Holy Spirit knew that, and in Acts, early on, he knew the believers needed to be dispersed, and he used persecution to do that. Persecution caused Jews to, to run from Jerusalem. And because of that, the gospel was taken to the uttermost part of the earth that was known at that time. And in the same way, you and I are called to scatter. We're not just called to sit where we are and share the same story with the same people. We know the Great Commission. It's found in Mark chapter 16. It says, go, go. We are to go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. And he was in saying, I think in a way, your role is kind of like a lizard. <laughs> you go and you make your home anywhere. And I'm so thankful for, man, the dozens of missionaries that we support that have gone into different cultures, into different countries, who aren't able to celebrate Thanksgiving next month with their family because they sacrificed to go and to be in the king's palace, to be someplace that maybe they're not totally comfortable with, but they know that's where God has them for this season of time. Like a lizard. A lizard does not run in a pack. And he doesn't hide in the rocks. He boldly goes where no lizard should ever go. And he makes his home there. So today I want to talk for just a few minutes about how we can go into the world and enjoy the adventure. Because let me tell you, I really believe in the next four or five years, God is calling us as a church to go beyond where we've gone before, to do things that we've not done before. Oh, it's easy to look back and say, man, we've accomplished this, we've done this. But God's saying, no, I want you to go. I want you to break out of your comfort zone. Even if I might make people a little bit unhappy, even if I may, might make us a little fearful, we can trust in the Lord. So today I want to talk about how we as a church, but remember the church is made up of us as individuals. You know, the church will not go any place that you and I as individuals will not go. So we need to live life with a sense of adventure. Right where we are, whether that's Malaga or Kashmir or Leavenworth or East Wenatchee, wherever you live, God can use you in a greater way for him. God can, can take you into places that you've not been yet if you'll be like the lizard. The first thing that we need to challenge ourselves this morning is that we need to just be willing to risk getting out of our comfort zone because we all like our comfort zone. You know why? It's so comfortable. It is. Oh, man. I just, I love my comfort. I love routine. I love to know what's going to happen, the rhythm of life. But God is saying, no, you need to be more like a lizard. You need to risk getting out of your comfort zone. And that's going to mean something different for you than it is for me. For some of us, maybe the comfort zone is our social circle. If all your friends look the same, just like they came out of the same cookie cutter, I'm pretty sure God wants to stretch you a bit. 
you need to enter into some relationships with people that don't look like you, that don't believe like you, that don't agree with you. Maybe there's someone in your neighborhood or someone that you work with who's different. Maybe their accent's different. Maybe their skin color is different, but maybe not. Maybe they just dress differently. They just aren't one of us. The lizard would say, man, I'm going to go adventure. I'm going to go into this territory. I'm going to make a new friend. I'm going to enhance myself. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. And I think all of us need to be better at doing that. Again, salt needs to be removed from the shaker to be any good. And the Bible says, you and I are the salt. We're the light of the earth. It's been said, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. And that's kind of sad, but it's probably kind of true too. But the segregation goes beyond skin color. It goes to styles of worship, interpretation of scriptures. There's some people who don't fit because of their socioeconomic status. Maybe they're not upper middle class enough. Maybe the mom's not a soccer mom and doesn't drive a minivan, so they just don't seem to fit. Maybe the dad isn't outdoorsy enough. Whatever it might be. Man, we've got to break through that and say, man, we want to be like the lizard. We've got to be willing to move into new relationships. It's real easy to take out a friend who you worship with to coffee. What about your Muslim neighbor? What about breaking out of the comfort zone to invite her to coffee? What about that circle of fellowship that we're so comfortable in? And there's nothing wrong with that. And if we look at these other animals, you'll see that there is wisdom also to have a close-knit community a community of faith. That's why church is so important. That's what the Bible says. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself. But you can't stay in that community 24-7. We are called to scatter, to spread the gospel. Boy, if you want your spiritual life to become more adventurous, maybe it's not in the area of friendships. Maybe it is in the area of giving. Pastor Randy mentioned that. Maybe it's in the area of giving. And maybe it's not just in the area of giving money. Maybe it's of giving your heart. Or maybe it's of giving your time. But it always involves taking a risk. But I'm challenging myself today, and I'm challenging you, because as we collectively do this, then I'm challenging the church to stretch beyond our comfort zone in every area of our life. Because I think our comfort zone and fear... <laughs> It's holding us back. We need to break through it to experience what God has for us in the next four or five years. Secondly, we need to take the risk that we might fail in some of those areas. There's no guarantee this lizard is going to get in the king's palace because the Bible's very clear he can be caught with a human hand. So we need to risk the potential failure brings with boldly moving forward to where God's calling us. Rick Warren is probably one of the most successful pastors of our time, one of the largest churches in America. He once said years ago what he wanted written on his tombstone was, at least I tried. At least I tried. I understand what he's saying. 
Because fear can hold us back from trying. Now, the fact is, Rick Warren is way beyond the stage of at least that. He has tried so many innovative things and reaches thousands of people for the Lord. So he's done more than trying, but he had to take a risk, and he didn't always succeed at everything he tried to do. Because the risk is when you fail, (laughs) you know, people don't generally come up to you and say, oh, that's okay, at least you gave it the good old college try. Generally, they don't do that. They say something like, well, we didn't think you were really going to be able to do that. Well, why you try that? After all, you've failed at stuff like that before. Well, you know, you really don't have what it takes. That's the kind of negative feedback. If we don't get it from our friends and neighbors, we get from Satan. Because Satan is out there to lie to us. Tell us we can't do the things that God is calling us to do. You can't look at the world to pat you on the back and say, well, nice try. Instead, the world will pat you on the back and say, you should be humiliated. I told you that would never work. Boy, when you step out of your comfort zone and you take the risk of mooky boldly into a new area like a lizard, you're willing to try something that no one else has tried. You're taking this risk. But the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness to move out. And I want you to understand the only smile that really counts is the smile of Jesus at the end of the day that says, well done. You did what I asked you to do today. That's the smile that we all want at the end of the day. You won't always get people to agree with you. Not everyone's going to be happy. But it's Jesus, our Lord, that we're serving. It's his affirmation. It's his acknowledgement. It's his approval that should be important to us. So take the risk. Be like the lizard. Every time you reach out to someone beyond your circle, every time you make friends with someone new, risk it. Yeah, you might fail. You might fail in that new ministry. We might fail in something new that we offer here at Wenatchee First. But the Lord is saying to us, risk it anyway. Be like the lizard who runs the risk of being caught in the hand of a caretaker of the king's palace. But he considers it worth the risk because it gets to live in the king's palace. And it's worth risking friendships. It's worth risking maybe going a little bit further into making sure your marriage is what God wants it to be. It's worth a church risking our comfort zone. Maybe even risking our fellowship so that our outreach can be stronger. God's calling us. And I don't know what that's going to look like in your life or my life or the life of the church, but I just feel God is calling us to be more like a lizard, to leave our safe havens, to leave our comfort zone and to move boldly beyond these walls and take up spiritual residence in every part of this city. In every palace, in every place people come and go. It can be adventurous for us if we're willing to take the risk. Challenging us today. And in the third area, 
I want to challenge you to set your standards higher than they've ever been. Set your standards higher than they've ever been. Notice Solomon did not say here, the lizard is wise because sometimes he's able to sneak into an apartment complex. <laughs> or that he's wise because once in a while he gets into a three-bedroom ranch house with an attached garage. No, no, he doesn't say that. He says, the amazing thing about the lizard, he sets his expectations higher. He goes into a king's palace, and then he acts like he owns the place. A place not just barely out of his comfort zone, but a place way beyond our comfort zone. And man, it's difficult to get stretched. But it's what the Lord is wanting to do in our lives. Think about how that applies to your marriage. If your marriage, or if you're married, you want your marriage to be good. And you might even say, you know, honey, let's talk and try to get along just a little bit better. <laughs> no. <laughs> Move your expectations higher than they've ever been. Say, honey, let's not just try to get along better. Let's take this marriage into the king's palace. Let's get the tools we need. Let's make the sacrifices we need. Let's take some emotional risk here. Let's do what we need to do to have the best marriage possible under the headship of Jesus Christ. Now that's risky, but it's worth the risk. I think we need to set our standards higher than they've ever been. I think as a church, we need to set some goals that are so so unbelievable that we are going to fail unless God comes through in an incredible way. The king's palace in this scripture is where God is calling you to enter. In your marriage, in your workplace, in your classroom, in the orchard, and as a church. The king's palace is where God is calling us to enter to. Not to sit back and celebrate 102 years and say, my, oh my, we've done a lot of wonderful things and we've got a few things going on here now. But to say, God, where can we be in four or five years? About six months ago, I gave to the board a vision that I have for the next four or five years with some goals that scared me when I wrote them down. Like being part of a church plant a part of a church plant for the Wenatchee Valley. Man, that's a big goal. What does that look like? I don't know. But I know that there are some places that we need to touch, some things that we need to do, and we can't back off by fear. We have to move boldly into the king's palace. What if we said, but we want to risk moving beyond our comfort zone, not just so that our church would be a little bit better, but this, this church will be a whole lot better. It'll be what God has called it to be, which is really this lighthouse for our community. Think about how that applies maybe to your job. What if you broke through that comfort zone and began to do your job with more, more enthusiasm and more excellence than you ever have? Not just to get by, not just to measure up to the standards of your supervisor, but to get into the king's palace 
Now you're running some risk because your boss might even notice that you went the extra mile, that you washed off the coffee pots, that you got the vacuum out, that you call that customer at 8 o'clock at night as part of your customer. Your boss might not even notice. Maybe your customers won't be impressed. But look at the upside. You have created a king's palace atmosphere in this business that's going to take you far beyond a routine job. There's so many things we can learn, I believe, from the lizard. Yes, they're easy to catch. There's risk involved. But they're found even in king's palaces. We have to be willing to take those risks. Last Sunday night, we gathered here for our monthly prayer meeting, and it was powerful. Some of you were here. There was just such a such a presence of the Holy Spirit. And there were some spiritual gifts and some prophetic words that were so powerful. And one of the words that came forth was this, and I wrote it down so that I'm not misquoting the Lord. God has not called us to be comfortable, but to be obedient. Oh, man. I like to be comfortable, Lord. That's not what God has called us as a church to do. That was a powerful word. God has called us not to be comfortable, but to be obedient. We've got to be obedient to what God's calling us to do. Man, it's easier to keep everybody happy, just to please people. But that's not what God's calling us to do. He's saying, man, you are called to love and to mend and to train and to send. And you can do that in ways that you haven't even thought of. Oh, we've thought of some ways. Man, Pastor Jeff, who's our, one of our associates, he oversees youth, but he does a lot of other things as well. And he loves outreach. And when he proposed this idea of, man, let's, let's partner with the businesses. The businesses downtown do this thing for Halloween every year. But what if a church would come down and partner with them and just be there as a light for the Lord? Have a, have a booth, have information available, but have candy and just minister to those kids. And the business, downtown business association told him, well, you know, you'd need about 3,000 pieces of candy. <laughs> 3,000 pieces of candy? What? That could have scared us off, right? That's out of our comfort zone. Maybe 300 pieces of candy, but 3,000? For a little church our size? But see, God called us to do what he's called us to do, to be obedient not to be comfortable. That's one, I think there's going to be things that I have not even thought of, the pastors have not thought of, the board members have not thought of, that God is going to be calling us to do in the years ahead. But there's also things that God's going to call you to do. Maybe even right now you're feeling kind of that uncomfortable, like, oh man, the Holy Spirit wants me to do what? <laughs> and it's easy to suppress that don't do it. Be obedient. Be obedient. A second prophetic word that came forth last Sunday night goes right along with it. <laughs> this one really convicted me. It said, partial obedience is still disobedience. Ouch! But Lord, I did four of the seven things that you asked me to do. 
I mean, that's over 50%, Jesus. No. Partial obedience is still disobedience. We need to continue sending people out on mission assignments. We need to continue to help neighboring churches. We need to continue to help training through our Brian Study Center. We need to continue to help people in small connection groups. But friends, there are so many more things that I believe God's calling us to do and calling us as individuals to do. Again, in your family, in your neighborhood. And I just encourage you today to think about this verse throughout the week. What can we learn from a lizard? He knows no boundaries. <laughs> he knows no self-imposed limitations. He's willing to take the risk so that he can have it all. Is that risk scary? Absolutely. Very scary. Is the possibility of failure real? Absolutely. As real as it can be. Does it hurt to fail? Yeah. But is it worth it to know that you've done what God has asked you to do? Yes. Because at the end of the day, we do want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And just as Pastor Dar said, that's what we want to hear in heaven. But friends, that's what I want to hear at the end of the day. That's what I want to hear at the end of my life. Well done. I believe God's calling all of us to live with the wisdom of this gecko lizard, to break through our comfort zone, to go further than we've ever gone before in our spiritual life, maybe in our giving, maybe in our witness, in our work, in our marriage. Out of the comfort zone today and into the king's palace. Let that be our objective. That's why the lizard is so wise. And that's why Solomon says we need to follow his example. Would you bow your head in just a moment of prayer? A moment of reflection. A moment of opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Where are you stuck? What is your comfort zone? Are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to raise the bar of expectation just a little bit higher? Not just getting by, but living in the abundance that God has for you. I hope you'll say yes. I hope you'll be like the lizard. I know I want to in my personal life, and I want to as I lead this great church. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you to do something really bold today. If you are willing to leave your comfort zone in the area that the Lord has revealed to you, if you're willing to take more risk, if you're willing to raise the bar a little bit higher, I want you to step out from where you're at and I want you to come to this altar this morning. I'm going to be standing here in fear and trembling. 
I'm afraid of what the Lord might ask me to do after preaching a message like this. But I want to be obedient, and I think some of you do too. Is the Lord asking you to leave your comfort zone? Right now, your comfort zone is your chair. And he wants you to come to this altar. Symbolically saying, Lord, even though the lizard can be caught by man's hand, he enjoys the places of the king. And I want to move in to the king's palace. He's a good father. He won't call us without equipping us. Remember that. God does not call those who are qualified. Once you hear his call and say yes, then he qualifies those who he has called. God will give you the strength. The Holy Spirit will give us the boldness. Let's depend upon him today. Thank you, Jesus.